welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. Welcome to Advice from Young Tradesmen, Season 3, Episode 7. I am your host, Noah Cantor, and today we have the fifth 3X Base episode out with Connor McLaughlin of Remnant Restoration Painting and Luke de Blasi of de Blasi Painting. It had been a while since we last recorded, so there were a lot of good updates and things to chat about and discuss, and we'll get right into it after quickly thanking the sponsors. And if my voice sounds weird, I have the COVID, so sorry about that, but it'll be brief. First off, let's thank Armstrong Clark, makers of the greatest oil-based stain on the market. It is officially exterior season in Vermont. Well, for some people, as you know, not me, I'm still happily tucked away indoors, but people around me are doing some really fun projects. Recent guest of this season, Tyler of Green Mountain Painters, was soft washing and amber staining an actual treehouse last week. It was gorgeous. One of my carpenter buddies that does a lot of historic tongue groove porch restorations has switched to exclusively using Armstrong Clark on those, which is a great choice. Good job, Carl. If you do exterior wood maintenance of any kind and haven't tried Armstrong Clark yet, please give them a serious look. Their website is excellent, and you can give them a call and talk to a knowledgeable person during business hours. I am also happy to answer any and all questions you might have on that front, and you can DM me. So thanks to Armstrong Clark for coming back to sponsor another season. Another big thanks to the PCA, our fearless trade association, led by some of the greatest minds in the industry, for their support as well. Now, you might already be listening to this podcast on the PCA's Paint Ed feed, but if you're listening on my feed, quick question. Have you gone over to their feed lately? It is absolutely jam-packed. They are putting out enough content to keep you guys company all day in the earbuds, and I think that's pretty cool. And it's a broad spectrum. It's higher-level marketing stuff. It's Nick Slavic's Ask a Painter. It's Brothers of the Brush podcast from across the pond. Me, whatever your taste or level of business, there is something for you. And that is only scratching the surface. The website has so many resources for us. Some free, some available for members only. So if you are a forward-thinking paint contractor, I implore you to consider joining and supporting this organization. And last but not least, a big thanks to our 3X Base series-specific sponsor, Painter Solutions the incredible online retailer of a carefully curated wide assortment of the best tools and products in our industry. Painter Solutions experience is like combining the interface, convenience, and fast shipping of Amazon with the customer service experience of a mom and pop. And really, what more can you ask for? Anytime I need a bulk order of paint supplies that I know my local stores couldn't provide, or I'd have to drive around for hours and hours to get it done, I use Painter Solutions. If you haven't checked them out, I would urge you to give them a try and also follow them on Instagram to stay up to date on their product offerings as they are regularly adding stuff. Okay, big thanks to those three sponsors again. Let's head into the episode. All right, gentlemen, episode five. Welcome. Thanks for coming back. It's been a while. It has. It's two months. I see daylight behind Connor in the window, which was not the case in late February last time we... Oh, yeah. It's been that long. You got to put the kids yeah. to bed with the lights still on. How's that go? Uh, you know what? It's fine. We just you know, block out curtains and um, 
Yeah, I mean, they, they see it outside and we're like, hey, I'm going to read you stories. And then I turn off the lights and it's fine. Works they out. have FOMO though, right? Yeah, we put them to bed at 7.30. So that's, yeah, <laughs> it's great. Damn. Well, where did we leave off? There, there's a couple different things we could go down. Uh, we could continue the... Connor, how is scheduling and workflow going thing? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you had just hit like, I'm sorry, just go. <laughs> I'm trying to think when we spoke last, was it? Another, February? There was like another kerfuffle, but you got your way out of it. You had the team busy for like the next couple weeks, I think. Yeah. That Honestly, kitchen that cabinet project. Yes. Okay. Oh, the snow. Yeah. It was the snow day, but then you were on a kitchen cabinet project the rest of the week. They had to break into that. I said you should break into the house to get in because the customer wasn't there. Oh, yeah. There was the lockout yeah. thing the next day after we recorded. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, this winter was brutal. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, up until, let me, yeah, let me, let me think here. Yeah, up until late March, yeah, we were doing interiors and, yeah, honestly, there were a couple more times I thought that I'd have to literally lay everyone off. Wow. Um. Yeah, it, it was... It was intense, but actually, besides like, you know, take, we took off the last two weeks of the year. I, I like, I, I kept everyone working every single day, like through the winter, I did not have to lay anyone off. Great big deal. And there was, yeah, just even like crazy stuff happening. Like there was, there was actually like one day in March where I was looking at our schedule and was like well it, it was yeah it was a tuesday morning and i was um yeah meeting with some guys at uh like my church we we've like meet at like 6 a.m i was talking with them I was like we have work today and a partial day tomorrow and like that's it so i'm as of right now i'm gonna have to like tell everyone like there's not going to be like work for the rest of the week. And I got out of that meeting at like 7 a.m. Yeah, like or something. And I was like driving down the road. <clears throat> and then I get a call from like a, a repeat client. We've, paint, uh, we've painted like two of his homes, like full interiors. So he's he's been a very, very good customer, including we did... It, yeah, one of his homes this past winter. Um, and yeah, he, he called saying like, hey, uh, the home I've been trying to sell for the past year, it's in like a really nice part of town. He's like, it just got broken into last night and someone like went through the house and tagged the walls and <laughs> damaged a bunch of walls. So I like went straight there like, 
he's like, do you think you can come take a look at it? He's like, I was like, yes. I think I'll I can squeeze it in. <laughs> yeah, went there and yeah, it was like crazy that the home was empty. Uh, I mean, there was just some like home staging furniture for the seller and um, yeah. Oh my God. It was, it was going to be like the, the transaction was going to be completed at the end of March. So yeah, there was just like a couple weeks before like the home was off his hands and essentially someone smashed down like a side door with a sledgehammer and then they went through like they did if if they came in to like damage the property they did a horrible job because <laughs> the only they picked up they picked up a stool and like created i don't know maybe a dozen holes in the walls and using like silver spray paint tagged the middle of like a few walls and that was it like they didn't damage like kitchen cabinets. They didn't uh, damage flooring, windows. Like it's a painter's dream. It's like yeah. How much did so, you pay the guy to go in there? Is what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice home in a nice part of town. I mean, probably sold for close to a million, mm. and yeah, like n- nice area, and that just happens. Like the, if they're vandals, they did like a terrible job. So yeah, step it up, guys. Okay. So yeah. Anyways, it was it was really tight this winter. There's a few scares where I thought I'm gonna have to lay people off, and I somehow didn't. So that it always was, seems to work out that way, right? Like just right yeah. when you're like starting to like lose your mind and really get stressed out email comes through lead comes up phone rings it's like you keep doing the right thing the the pieces just fall into place somehow yeah when it yeah, was so um we had to start exterior season sooner than anticipated which we started yeah early april maybe even like late march but that's because it was really warm like here in Pittsburgh, like unseasonably warm spring. So, and we just, we needed that to keep moving forward. So yeah. Bundle up ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. How is your exterior schedule looking? Is it like up here where just people are lining up and in desperate total opposite of like that interior scarcity? Yeah. I honestly, we, we get a lot of, a lot of, exterior calls and right now we're scheduled through like mid July, which mm-hmm. I'm okay with honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause last year by March, I had pretty much scheduled out the whole year. Uh, and that was just part of that was like, I was pricing myself way too low and mm-hmm. now I'm okay with charging higher prices because I just have better data last year gave me like a ton of data on, I mean, yeah, just different type of types of projects we, we did. So, um, yeah, so we're, yeah, we're pretty, I'm like pretty happy with our schedule. I mean, we're, we're doing a good bit of kind of historic exteriors and giving it deep TLC. And then we're actually getting, 
a really solid amount of mineral paint and lime wash projects. Hmm. So, and I, yeah, and I think that's because I, I signed up to be a RoboBio preferred pro. Nice. And I think there's, so there's only one other in Pittsburgh, I guess. Um, and this other company that does it, I mean, they're kind of exclusively like very, very high end. And I mean, I'm, I'm charging an amount that is like very, very comfortable for me and happy with them, what, yeah, what we're charging, but it's, I don't Yeah. I, I guess I'm just like finding lime washing or mineral paint is something that people somehow think it's something that should cost like quite a bit more that it's like an expensive. Mm-hmm. Totally process. agree. It's a really good market to get into. My understanding is it's a very easy and forgiving process too. Is that your experience? Was for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah same. Yeah. No, it was. No, yeah. yeah. I said not me, Luke. No, no, it was for me. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's actually incredibly easy. You, yeah, it, it's something like homeowners could do themselves easily. What's the process for re, for becoming like that preferred pro? I could see people being curious about that. Yeah, I just Tell wrote that. About that. <laughs> yeah, I, I just went on their website and they have a program and I fill out their, their form. And I, I think to become like, I, I think there's like an initial preferred pro and then you can after they see you've done several projects using their products you might be elevated to like a higher pro status i guess or get more of like priority but from what i I, i'm getting a lot of people reaching out to me and i guess the clients i'm that are yeah requesting an estimate they, they reach out to RomoBio, they see their products and they reach out to them about, you know, who are the preferred pros. And then RomoBio sends them the list of contractors in Pittsburgh, which is me and one other paint company that, yeah, from what I can tell is like, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're really charging a hot, really high amount, you know, even for me, but so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm getting a good bit of work from that. That's cool. awesome. Smart. So, really smart. Cool. All right. Well, what you made, made you it... think of that real quick. What, what yeah, made yeah. you think to reach out? Did you just see like a link on their website when you were checking out products or? Yeah, I, I don't know how I came across that. I think I saw something on their website. Uh, yeah, that might've been it. Okay. Seeing something on their website and yeah, I mean, so far it's, doesn't cost me anything and I've I mean I've probably given out eight to ten nice. ex, like whole exterior estimates and yeah I've gotten it like a good bit of work from that so it's a smart move by the company too because if they know that you're doing good work then they're not going to get like failure phone calls because something was applied improperly when it was really the painter's fault and not the product's fault you could trust them. They could trust you. Everybody's making money. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, even like today got a shipping, shipping in of, um, 
Yeah, four large buckets of masonry flat and lime wash. So those Roma Bio brushes, dude, that you recommended for us. Yeah, those things are huge, and I just feel awesome when I'm. Like, I just feel like a super <laughs> painter, just swinging a six-inch paintbrush around. Like it's my dream as a yeah. kid. Like just, I always yeah. wanted to do that. Yeah, if you ever, if you ever see like a video of, or not a video, like a, pictures of painters from like. 18 early 1900s they they're brushing the walls they have these huge brushes i feel like a brush from like 19 or a painter from 1910 with this huge brush just manually painting a a huge surface with this massive brush this comically huge brush like that it's not really a thing up here as far as i can tell i think driving around like i noticed that sort of stuff and there might be Maybe like two exteriors I've ever noticed up here that I think have some sort of a, a washed brick. Um, yeah, I, I guess one thing I'm I'm even doing, and this is where there's a few things I've just made like a hard line in the business. Like if someone calls me and they even want like I want my exterior my brick exterior painted, like I, I want a painted brick look. Mm-hmm. Like I tell them we're going to use a mineral based paint because actually like mineral based paints are amazing for masonry and brick. Uh, in fact, like it doesn't, in my opinion, it doesn't make sense to ever put exterior primer and exterior paint on brick or masonry ever again, because it's, yeah, it's like mind blowing how one, like how long a mineral paint lasts. And also like, you'll never see flaking, peeling. It's not going to look like trash in 20 years mm-hmm. and maintenance is easy. It's going to look nice. So <clears throat> yeah. So, and that's like a good, a good bit. I've even been like pushing if someone is like, I want my brick painted. I tell them like, we're using a mineral based paint. And these are the advantages. This is why if you want someone to put Sherman Williams duration on your exterior on this brick, like call someone else. Like mm-hmm. I'm not doing that because that's bad long-term for this like home. I'm like, we're not going to do that. And a lot of people are like surprisingly like, they're like, okay. Like they're, they, once, once I like educate them on it, they're f- fully on board. Like, yeah, I think we have a good bit of the paint I had delivered today. Yeah, we're painting. Um, yeah, it's the bottom half is brick. The top half is like aluminum siding. And he wanted the brick painted. And I told him like, we'll do that, but we're going to use mineral paint and explained it to him. And he's like, yeah, I want that for my home. So mm-hmm. he was they were good with paying that extra amount for it. And it's also like more labor intensive because you have to use a masonry brush. You have to like work it in. It's not something you just can spray and walk away from, or I wouldn't even use like a, a roller on it. So. So what are, for people who don't know, what are the different color and opacity options in the, like the masonry mineral paints realm? Yeah, uh, so there are 
lime-based mineral, yeah, lime-based paints, um, and that's Roma Bio. So they have lime wash, which the lime wash is like what people use if they want to have that aged historic look, and you can dilute that to different different amounts. But even like one coat of a lime wash has like pretty good coverage. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it covers brick at about like 80 to 90%. And that's like using their white. So it has good coverage. Um, and I'm sure you can like dilute it, dilute it more from there. And then they make, Roman Bile makes a lime paint and a lime slurry, which that's if you want like a painted brick look, that's the product you're gonna use. It, Put on two coats of it and you'll get full coverage it'll look like painted brick mm. the limes the lime slurry is a little bit thicker and it has like some texture to it so that's if you want to like have a more like textured look or fill in all these uh grooves and small cracks or crevices it's almost like block filler a little closer to that product yeah yeah okay. um so there's there's lime paints and then there's mineral silicate based paints and that's that's very similar to lime um from one on what i understand it mineral silicate paints are more durable and also that's what they use more on like historic restoration like these really like they're really trying to truly restore these old homes and that's a lot more what's like used in Northern Europe and places like that, Germany, they use a mineral silicate paint. Um, so that like the, the Ben Avon, <clears throat> or we had a, a, a tutor we chemically stripped last year and we stripped the stucco on that home and the wormy chestnut half timbering. Cause that, that stucco had so much flaking and peeling and we stripped it all down and that stucco was just full of hairline cracks. And yeah, we used a, a thicker, like a textured mineral silicate paint on that. And we used like a, almost like a filler type uh, paint or like primer to fill these like larger cracks in. And it like, it looks amazing. Mm. It filled in all these hairline cracks on the stucco. It looks uniform, smooth looks like it's been painted and it's going to last easily like 20 years before they need to just do a maintenance coat. So yeah, those, those are like the, the two paints in the mineral mineral realm. Um, so the Roma bio is the most is yeah, what you'll see the most like here in the U S and what's most used. And then they do make, yeah, the mineral silicate though. I've liked using that as well. Um, yeah, their, yeah, their products just after like learning about it, I just made it like a decision. It's amazing what these products can do and their benefits. And I don't want to put locks on masonry primer and duration on, yeah. on like brick okay. again or stucco. So. Yeah, I feel like more exterior painters should know about these products. They sound really excellent. Are they, other than the Roma Bio, Luke, are they on your radar? 
Yeah, so, well, we did the Roma Bio on a uh, brick uh, gate. It was like a gatehouse. Uh, I had something up on Instagram. We rolled it out, and then we pressure washed it off afterwards to give it, like, a weathered look, mm-hmm. which was a cool, fun, experimental process. Good way to make no money on a project is to learn how to do something on it. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've done... That's the only exterior use we've done with it. We've done a few lime wash interior projects where it's been like a Venetian plaster alternative. So working, we do a lot of work with decorators and sometimes they get a, their budgets get ahead of the customer's state or the customer's budget. Mm -hmm. And so we'll have to step down stuff. So one big thing we did recently was a huge, it was like 6,000 square foot of wall space that uh, was all in lime wash. And that was in, we did lime strong for that. And that was an interior, Uh, but it was a, it's a three coat application, all brushed, interesting product to work with impossible to touch up that's the only thing and it's there's new construction so that became problematic towards the end when the electrician spilled coffee on one of the walls and (laughs) just stuff like that so now you're redoing whole walls and you can't really work it just there's there's complications to it but it it's a cool product it gives a it adds depth which i think is really cool uh the product we use was white so it didn't add as much, but like if you look on Connor's Instagram, you can see that one you guys did inside with that green. It just adds so much depth to the wall without being crazy. Sure. I, I love it. I just love yeah. the look of it. Yeah. 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 It, well, even from the pictures, like the pictures couldn't capture how nice yeah. it, it looked because like you, you walk as you walk and are looking at the same wall. Yep how your eye views the wall changes because the lights pick up different brush strokes. Yep. So it's like it, it move it moves. And also Luke, I don't know if I'm assuming you touched the walls after you did the, the lime paint, but it, that was like the best feeling wall I've ever felt. Yeah. So, it's cool. So smooth and velvety. Yeah. This stuff was almost that we were using was almost coarse and it was our first time using it. Uh, and it was such a big project. It's kind of, pretty big rolls of dice but it just it almost feels like it could use a sealer but they don't sell one with it it's a kind of a newer product in the company i could i i made the sample and kind of got in bed with the company before i really had a ton of experience with it so we were already committed to this sample and then as again we're kind of learning about it as we're doing the project but it does it didn't seem like it really it has like zero stain resistance whatsoever. Yeah. Hence the electrician's coffee. Yeah. Hence the problematic yeah. electrician. <laughs> so that's always electricians with something. It's always like cheese doodles while they're putting on ceiling fixtures or something. <laughs> they're the bane of yeah. painter's existence in new construction. Yeah, we're actually going back to put on a sealer on that lime wall, that interior we did. What are you putting on it? Well, the the company we used uh portola paints okay. they make a like a matte finish wall sealer because my client has like a toddler and yep. they put it in the kitchen and bathroom yeah and yeah it, it picks up yeah even if like water hits hits the wall it just absorbs it and you can it changes it the look of it a little bit yeah yeah so let me know how that goes because i'd be curious just in case we end up having to seal this 
yeah, I'll let you know how that that works out because you 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 very well might be getting a call from the, those people because yeah, you you touch it like yeah, you touch the wall with a slightly dirty hand or anything, it, it picks up everything. It's like Pharaoh and Ball. <laughs> Luke, is that big project you were talking about the one that you were mobilizing subcontractors for last time we talked? There was no, that no, that was um, that one. We're still on. Okay, I actually have. Uh, so we've done. We've worked with one sub presently already. Uh, we just did a T and M situation. It was the first time we worked together. Northridge Painting. They're starting to pick up their Instagram a little bit. Uh, great, great guys, great team. Um, just really nice ownership. We went out, we had dinner first beforehand, really just got to know each other. And then this opportunity came up and we jumped on it. Uh, worked out really well. He, my dad was on site the whole time. We had our guys rolling on some stuff that he had his guys rolling on some stuff. Everybody got along really well. Uh, and that was, it just, it worked out really well. And now we've been kind of bouncing back and forth between some outside jobs and that job. And cause we're waiting on some other stuff. We got another guy coming in to do some other work. Uh, cause Northridge was busy with other stuff and it'll be a similar situation. We'll be there doing some work. They'll be there as well. He's already done a little bit. Johnny K painting. He's also on Instagram. He's a beast on Instagram. He went from brand new account to he's got like 20,000 followers in whoa yeah in like a year craziness wow yeah so but really good dude another local guy uh and so he's coming to do some finish work over the next couple weeks up there cool it's been interesting uh it's been successful it's just been an interesting release of control and a different management of personality types. So from you, you know, you go from a mindset of having employees to having, you know, what is a sub really? They're, they're, they're equals on the sense that they could do exactly the same things that you can do, but you need them to understand that you have a certain expected result. So there's, needs to be a respect. So just, it's just building that mutual relationship, at least mm-hmm. the way that I've been doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going well, honestly. I couldn't ask for anything more out of both those guys thus far. Um, and it's it's been not as profitable as our employee painting, you know, mm-hmm. as when I'm doing stuff with our guys. But it, we, I priced that job with the understanding that I was going to need to bring guys in. So it's been we still we're still making money on it. Mm-hmm. So clients happy. Yeah, they're st- they're not really there much. This is the s- second or third house for them, so but <laughs> it's one of those. It's yeah. cool though. It's uh, Gil Schaefer. He's a pretty like renowned architect, New York City. He he designed the house, and it's one of those houses I've driven by. We had another job nearby, and I drove by probably three hundred times. And every time I drove by, I would just stare at the house. Like, That's a gorgeous house. And mm-hmm. then I got a phone call you know, for that opportunity and, and to pull up to it and realize that that was the address. You're like, it's, it's just a cool experience. Nice. Yeah. So, but yeah, other than that, we, we've been cranking. We're outside now. So it's what, it's May 1st today. Mm. We're 
we've been outside for a month, uh, braving the weather, got kerosene heaters going in the morning, blowing on the guys while they're working on stuff. Uh, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. I've never, us Vermonters don't even do that. Wow. <laughs> My old man does not mess with, he does not like to be cold and he's not going to not work. So he's got that. He's got the Milwaukee vest, the heated Milwaukee vest. What? Yeah. What? Oh he's got my God. Bed, man. Nope. If anyone else listening has done the kerosene heaters on exteriors, please mm. let That's us know. That's how you paint into Thanksgiving in, in New England. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But uh, yeah, so that's good. And life's just, we, we hired a couple more people. Two of them seem like they're really going to work out. One, we'll see. I don't think he's listening to the podcast, but I don't know if, how much longer he'll be around. <laughs> uh, so we're up to, and we have a couple, uh, seasoned guys that we brought in to help out with just big crunch. So there's been a couple days where we've had 17, 18 people going. Wow. Yeah. It's a little, and little chaotic, but ben, do you have seasonals coming back? No, we didn't, we didn't drop anybody over the winter. So okay. yeah, we brought fifth, we brought 14 through the winter. Or thirteen through the winter, then hired three, mm-hmm. and then have a a couple uh, sub part time like single guy operations that have kind of always worked with us when they were slower and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, well, I'm training for a marathon right now, which is not paint related. Yeah, but, I was actually going to ask about that. How did you yeah. decide on which one to do? Yeah, I think I'm going to do Lake Placid June twelfth, dude. Yeah. I love that course. So you know, do you know that? Well, I've watched my cousin do the Ironman up there twice. Okay. So I know the routes that those lunatics make people do up there. They're insane. You're scaring me a little bit. I haven't really looked at it. I just saw the date and I'm like, that lines up with where I'm going to be at. I was over there last weekend. I love it up there. Yeah, it's really cool. I have a customer that uh, has a cabin up near there. I'll see if I can stay up there for the weekend. But... So that, yeah, that's, uh, I ran 18 miles this weekend yesterday and yeah. training and it's, it's losing its charm for sure. <laughs> at like 13 miles, I'm like, oh, half marathon, I'm killing it. And then I'm looking at, I'm, cause I'm doing a training, like a scheduled training course. Yeah. And like next weekend I only have to do 14 miles, but then I have 19 miles and 20, I think 20 is the most I'll do before I run the marathon, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's arduous at this stage. And then Warren from uh, Houndstooth yeah. sent me a post. Uh, Jason Paris just did like a 50-mile run, I don't know, a while <laughs> yes. back. And I think he just sent it to me, and my response was, why does that dude have to do everything we do but just better and bigger? <laughs> <laughs> when I was in Minnesota in February, like him and like two other guys were getting up at like five-something in the morning and, and running – just way too long and like, you know, in the dark in Minnesota. I don't do cold, <laughs> like, man. 20, I like, yeah, it was wild. Yeah, I don't, I don't do cold. I'll do tra- I'd rather run on a treadmill for two hours than, than run through the cold. So, but. Well, cool. Uh, yeah. And then. Maybe uh, I'll carry on in Placid, man. That'd be yeah, fun. Yeah. I'll let, well, yeah, it'll be June 12th. So if you're, how far away is that from you? It's like two hours. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I'll yeah. let you up. I'll let you know. And then. Me and my wife are expecting a little baby boy in September. Hey. So, uh, yeah. Hell got, yeah, man. 
Yep, very exciting. So I got to paint the uh, nursery. The uh, you know recently we did a gender reveal party, not necessarily my idea. The gender reveal party, <laughs> uh, but I participated happily. And I actually I was thinking about you guys because I remember the debate we had about the arrowworthy rollers, the microfibers. Yes. I think I might have texted you guys in the group chat, but uh, yeah, the. I did scuff X mat on the walls with, and I just, that was like the only roller I had laying around the house. I'm like, ah, I'll just do this. I don't care. The kid's not going to know the difference anyway. <laughs> Stuff rolled out money with the arrow worthy with the scuff X mat. Yeah. So, and you could lay it out a lot thinner. That was the interesting thing. Like that scuff X mat, mm -hmm. I felt like I could really stretch and it would still lay out nice. Whereas yeah. with the aura, when we were, I was talking about using those Worcester Pro Doozies, the, you have to lay the aura on. You have to like flirt with it sagging, I feel like, for it to lay mm. out nice. And it looks great, but it's just different paint. Anyway, I was thinking about Connor as I was rolling it out. I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have talked so much crap about his rollers. <laughs> it's <was> pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, Scalfax Matt is like our base interior paint. Yeah. And yeah, I, I love it, the arrow-worthy, so... Yeah, that's. I'm. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I, I was thinking about you. I'm like, this is. This is nice. <laughs> there was. There was a lot of feedback about the. Uh, the aura discussion from last episode. We're struggling with <laughs> it right now. Still. Have you used it more? Yeah. So well, we have that giant project going on. Uh, like, they finished some more space on. So I don't know. It's like twelve or thirteen thousand square feet now. Wow. And a lot, thank God, a lot of the walls are just almost entirely trim and paneling because, first of all, the taper that got to that place before us deserves to be uh, thrown off the nearest bridge. But <laughs> the aura mat is just flashing like you wouldn't believe. Just really, really rough flashing going on. It's so. okay. I mean, my biggest beef was like the square foot coverage. Yours has been the flashing of the new aura. Yeah, well, it's just aura mat, big walls, and I think some of it's probably disjointed operations on our end, having to bounce around so much because it's new construction. But mm -hmm. I, honestly, getting it to lay down really nicely has been difficult. Like the Scuff X mat, you, you can really hammer that stuff out and go. And as long as you keep up like speed-wise and you're not missing anything, it's going to lay out nice. I feel like with the aura, it's really more of a process of your last roll better be straight down. You're pulling off the wall gently. And with, you know, some of these walls have, you know, giant walls of big windows, you know, natural light running right down them, you know, worst case scenario for flashing. But we're, we're struggling with it right now for sure. Hmm. A lot of the messages I got about it were kind of in defense of Benmore changing it with the argument being they're saving you the primer coat for drastic color changes, um, which doesn't really land well to me. Cause if, you know, if to modify a product permanently and completely for a narrow use case, when like, if you're doing a drastic color change, just spec a primer. Yeah. And like, don't, don't make the product different to maybe do that every time like that. I don't know. That yeah. was a common argument that I, it's like, I see the point, but like, it's, I don't mind specking a prime code for drastic color changes. That's not 
burdensome to me to do. That's not like I'm, I'm not working on margins that are that thin where yeah. like a quick coat of a fresh start is going to break everything. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that people are probably, I don't know. They're probably trying to keep up with like the bare concept of like the marquee one coat thing, you know? Sure. Yeah. But yeah. I agree. It's just the paint was good before. I know that we talked to our Ben Moore rep about it. And he mentioned something about putting more VOCs back into it because they were having coverage issues, like you said. But like we all know, like Simply White, Chantilly Lace, it's gonna it's it's terrible coverage. It's, you're not gonna get it. You're not gonna get it yeah. in two. It doesn't matter what you do. So yeah. I think that's I don't know. I think there's certain things we just need to accept about paint. Let's just get it to lay down the best way we can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely making me miss both. Regal. Yeah. Sorry, it's definitely making me miss the Regal mat because it's a simple paint. You know, it's just it's hard to screw up. Mm-hmm. But can you not too late? Get it? You say you miss it. Almost knocked my laptop over. Yeah, no, I miss it. Like I spec this whole house for Aura mat, and we have eighty-seven uh, okay. gallons of half-used Aura mat that we need to finish the project with. Sure. So we'll see about the future. I don't know. Well, I, I like ScuffX, but it's not a mat, so. Yeah. Would you ever approach that client and say, like, hey, this paint I, I, I spec'd has changed since then. It's pissing me off. Can we offer you a credit, and we're going to do just the next one down. It's still great. Oh, 100% I would do that. that. I, I yeah. would do that, but we have walls. I mean, we have three quarters of everything finished, and it's just, like, touch-ups and stuff mm-hmm. left, and, like, getting those problem walls to work out the way we need them to. So sure. at this paint, at this stage, switching something would be psychotic. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So, what about you? How's right. duplex like? Yeah. Oh, quick thing. It's pretty great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> God, last we talked, I was just about to close and move in. I think. So yeah, did that all. Um, I like. Congrats. Thank you. I like closed at noon and at like one thirty, I had the septic guys like ripping open the panels out back. So I was just like, I want all these expensive questions answered. And like, there's been no horrible surprises for like, it's awesome. Buying something wildly overpriced that was on the market for seven, eight months with no inspection. I was like, I was just ready for just like at least a, a decent sized pile of bullshit. And like, it's been shockingly good uh i have some electricians coming in tomorrow so i might get some surprises but i don't think there's anything too too bad um but yeah no i love this place i so this week is like the start of this multi-week sabbatical i'm taking to just like pause normal work and work on this place nice because up until last week, I was fulfilling obligations that I had booked under completely different life and labor circumstances. I don't know if you guys have ever had that experience where you burn yeah. yourself out. So by the time you get to the tail end of those jobs, you're like, I would be doing this much differently if I knew X, Y, and Z were going to be real in my life right now. So yeah. about two months ago, I just stopped booking anything for me. Mm. And I was like, I I just want to pause and get to know this place. Cause I've been working like a dog since then. Um, so yeah, I'm going to settle in a little bit, 
take a pause, take a breather and yeah, just do some fun work on this place. Like experiment with some gloss stuff, just nice. do, some, do a bunch of different projects and yeah. What's your labor situation like? You said big change? Um, God, last we talked, I think Bender was going to be totally phasing out, right? Because she was going back to school. Yep. This job was kind of breaking her. So she and her boyfriend are about to close on a house that they unexpectedly, they didn't expect to get one, but they got one in like two weeks. So she's, school is getting delayed. Long story short, after May, she's going to be with me three days a week again. And that feels pretty reliable. Um, I had two other guys on these big projects for the past couple, for the past couple weeks, at least. And they're good and also pretty flexible. So I have basically three uber flexible part-timers right now of various, um, just like various skill levels. Um, the one guy that I brought on that isn't Owen, who, um, you know, people heard from in episode one, he came fully trained. He does everything perfectly with just a little bit of here's how we do it here kind of guidance. But I like, I did the impossible and just like hired someone who knows how to do everything. Um, so that, that's been unreal. That never happened to me. <laughs> like, I didn't think that was supposed to happen. Yeah, so, that, you can't beat that, man. No. And, and you guys get along, like, personality type? Yeah, no, he's a solid guy. I met him working on uh, a rehab for an investor, like, two odd years. you were going to say a rehab, sorry. Like, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> you find a lot of good painters. Get this painter rehab. out of the rehab line. Yeah, but... um. Yeah, we. And he's a he's a young guy, um, just cool dude, and really, really skilled tradesman. Who, awesome. Who can do all phases at an extraordinarily high level. Um, so, yeah, it's it's kind of an ideal team for me right now, since all I want to do right now is take a take a pause and catch my breath, and like I'm not putting anyone out by doing that. And I'm going to go back for like the highest bidding price. Like, you know, that thing that Slavic and people have been talking about of like, how close can you cut it? Like, how close can you do that? What the market will, will bear thing? How high is your risk tolerance for getting told no nine out of 10 times? I'm going to be doing that. Like for, for what I'm bidding starting in like late May, I'm just going to be swinging for the fences every single time. Hell yeah. It's almost, I've been thinking about this a little bit more as well. And it's, especially as I've built relationships with other painters in my area, you know, and I've been, I went out to lunch with a couple other guys too, that, and just kind of hearing where they're at rate wise. And some are a little lower than me. Some are a little higher than me. Uh, And honestly, I thought I was the, the most expensive guy in town and I'm not, but even beyond that, it's like we almost owe it to each other to push that price level as mm. high as we possibly can. Because if I come in with a price that seems ridiculous and then somebody comes in higher than me, my price now seems reasonable. You know, and we know how much work is associated with all those things. But it really is, I don't know, you know, that you, if the, anyway, you just raise the, if we're all raising the bar a little bit, then yeah. we're all helping each other out. And there's yeah. so much work to go around. It seems like that it'd be foolish of us not to push that. Yeah. Hmm. 
I think so. I've just been curious. Like, I all of those calls that I've gotten all summer for years from people moving in from out of state who just bought a house and can I can I work a miracle in two to three weeks on the interior? Can I do like? I'm just gonna start bidding those now because I can, and yeah. just see what that market will bear. I'm so curious about it. So, yeah. What's the worst thing that happens? You get it. And if you really can't do it, like if you, you think you can get to it or you're just throwing a crazy number at it. Right. And mm -hmm. then they say, okay, cool. And you look at your schedule and you start calling people and you really can't find people to do it with you. You just call them back and say, Hey, sorry, I made a mistake in my schedule. We're not gonna be able to do it. You're gonna have to go with somebody else. That's the, I, it wouldn't even get to there. Like I'm not even going over there and getting them a number. If I, if I know I don't, if I know I can't mobilize people to go do that, you know? Yeah. Like if, if I go present them with a price, I know I'm probably the only one doing that on a two to three week lead time yeah. in the summer in Vermont. Like that's an interesting point you're making with your interior scheme that you have going on because the rest yeah. of everybody else is trying to make all that exterior dough. Yes. And Noah's just waiting there with his fat worm on the line waiting for a fish to book. Yes. Yep. That is the scheme. And guess what? If they tell me to go kick rocks, I'll just work on my own house. I don't <laughs> like, like this is so low risk for me, but it's the experiment that like a lot of people have been talking about doing is just like, how high can you push it to be the person who delivers a solution that no one else can or will right now? And I think that's a fun idea. And you're in an interest, you're in a unique position with, you know, your the lifestyle that you live, you know, little, I'm in a position where I got a ton of employees. Connor's mm -hmm. got a little bit smaller, but he's got family and kids. And like, yep. we're more where, Hey, we got to keep this boat roll or this, you know, this thing going mm -hmm. where you can really play with it. And if it dries up a little bit, you're, it's not going to kill you. If it dries up, like, like I saved a lot before I bought this place and nothing crazy went wrong. So like, I'm very happy to just put that, savings into time off for me and materials for this asset, which is a better asset than my business. So like, let's just be real here. Like my time is very well spent working on this place. Awesome. So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how I'm conceiving of the next several weeks and months is just do that experiment that I've wanted to do every year in the past. And yeah, I, I could not be happier that I'm not touching exteriors this year. I, I think of you every time I'm just outside smiling. Like big, I was out on a 28 sanding, like hand sanding old trim with 80 grit. My fingertips were just like bare, <laughs> bleeding a little bit. And, and but I was I was love I was covered in dust, and I'm loving every second of it. And I'm thinking to myself, how is how is Noah getting this up? I don't, I, I look forward to it. It's, it's what gets me through January is oh knowing that that's coming. Yeah. No, it's, it's the best business decision I've ever made. This is amazing. And we're not even in deep into the summer and I can tell I'm, I'm just so happy with this. Good man. So yeah, you're like the old guy painter before he got old. You're like, you know, cause you get some of those skilled old timers. They're just yes. like, ah, just do inside stuff now. Yep. hundred percent. hundred percent. Smart, man. Hmm. That's awesome. 
no, do you, I mean, just a like, thought I had. Um, are there any super exterior heavy companies or exterior only companies around you that if they get a call for interior work, they basically refer you and, and if you get an exterior call, you refer them? Yeah, Tyler at Green Mountain. Um, I've gotten some wonderful interior leads from him. Um, And I think last we talked, I was like, don't give me any, but I could actually turn that that pipeline on again. Um, And I think they're full for the season at this this point. So unfortunately, I can't um, reciprocate there. But I don't know if you guys listen to that one. It's not because they're pricing cheap either. It's just because they're killers. And I love watching those guys. They're so cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I get really high quality leads from them and they are more so than a lot of other kind of just like personal lead sources. If Tyler gives my name to people, they call me already really, really sold after having worked with them. Um, those are just, yeah, really great clients from. Yeah. What are the majority of your leads? So are those the majority of your leads? coming from other from Tyler and other painters or at this point I got a really good thing going with just this this like really well established and really intermeshed web of of clients so um, just mostly word of mouth and repeat clients for you mhm nice mm-hmm. but like it's I'm noticing how many different like social webs are joining these days um like we, we were just working on this really big lake house for three odd weeks and like it was, it was vacant for us, but like people would come in and caretake and the amount of people who walked in and named like two or three different people who we've done work for in the past year or two. And I was like, how, I didn't know all you people were connected, but they are. And yeah. Like, you're working your way into that upper end yeah. circle. Yeah. It's, I'm in a really good place with that. That's awesome. I know it's not sexy to talk about word of mouth. It's like a great, it's yeah, like a cool source, but like, pff, you're not good. I, I couldn't pay for better. I couldn't buy better than what I have right now. No. And then look, so. you're nice to the window cleaning guy. And then he wants to give your name out. You're nice to the cleaners that you do. You clean up behind you. And then the cleaner that also cleans for this lady wants to give your number. You know, it's the plumber, the electrician, the carpenter, the homeowner, the homeowner's daughter. It's just, Mm-hmm. and all you're doing is presenting yourself professionally and doing nice work like every other company and business in a different not in the trades you know yep. that people want to go to yep. and boom and you know you do that for five years there's there's your customer base for the rest of your life 100 percent. if if i stay small you know this yep. this works up to a point i haven't hit that point so so yeah that's uh that's me i've just i've never been this relaxed going into a summer season you know like i'm realizing how much of just like life that and like this could just be a me thing like i would just get way too revved up and ramped up with exterior stuff and just like yep i think yeah i don't know uh, once again we are exactly the opposite <laughs> we're up to like October at this stage, I think. 
and we're just I, just trying to piece it all together and not let people down. You're booking out to October? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think it's it's so hard to really, you know, you take like 15 mandate or 15 people daily. And then you try to figure, you know, I have like a little chart that's how many man days each job is. Mm-hmm. And then I try to leave in slots for customers that I can't say no to, GCs that we work with that just call and say, hey, I need you here in a week and a half. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, October-ish. Damn. Yeah. Um, that makes me think of a conversation we had like a while back. Um, just going back to your your son who's going to be here in September and you know talking about all the things that you wanted to like get done so that you have a different management structure before prior to that like, happening prior to that how are you conceiving of that now so it's interesting my sister is uh has been doing a good bit of the book work for us and she's in a position in her life that um that bootstrapped system that we have is getting a little bit too just too much work for her as we've grown a little bit and so we're i'm gonna be hiring somebody here shortly to just do just to build this system so Mm -hmm. we talked this winter about it i've talked on the podcast about it and i've prior to all that i've talked to my friends family all this stuff about it and i know i don't want to do it because i haven't done it and I know it would be providing providing value to me, but I, I just have not been able to get myself to do it. I think probably because it's a weakness of mine, organization in general is somewhere where I just, I lack. And I think I've also done it once for the company. You know, I did it, I built my system, my bootstrapped ghetto doesn't totally work, but kind of works for the stuff that we need system. <laughs> and I don't want to do it again. So I'm just going to, I'm going to outsource it. I'm going to hire somebody and just, um, ideally, I'm going to just bring somebody on full-time office staff. We're mm-hmm. big enough now to be able to support that. And if I have to kind of create stuff for them to do, then so be it. So, you know, then our Instagram game is about to get a lot stronger or people's <laughs> emergency contacts are actually going to be entered into their paychecks profiles, you know? <laughs> so... <laughs> But I'm just, I'm realizing that I'm not the guy, I'm, this is not me. So hire for your weaknesses. So that's where I'm at with it is if I'm going to actually have something that resembles a company on the back end, I need to not be the one in charge of that Mm because I'm just not, I'm not you, you know, or Connor, like I I see you guys and the systems you guys create, I'm jealous of, but I don't, I don't have that gear in me. I'm learning. So it's also much different at your scale. Yeah. Yeah. And it's honestly, it's just, I just me as a human. I just, I, I'd like to, even at home, I'm like this. I I get halfway through putting the dishes away and I'm folding laundry and then I'm (laughs) making myself a sandwich. And my wife comes in the room. She's like, what's going, why are all the cabinet doors open? (laughs) You know, but I'm like, but I got a lot of stuff done, you know? So I, that's my plan at this stage of the game. And everybody I've talked to, my brother and my dad, that we kind of make those decisions together. And they're looking at me like, yeah, about time, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, you need to take that off of your off your list. So Okay. That's All the right. plan. Connor, where, where's your staffing at? And, like, what, what are you looking at getting into the busy season now? Um, 
Yeah, so right now I have three full-time full-time people. Um, and actually one of them, she's going to be leaving. Her last day is going to be this Thursday, um, which she's kind of moving back home, which is puts working for me out of her possibility. Um, yeah, just commute time. Just family lives too far away. So, and yeah, that was, that was, I mean, she's not happy. Like she's kind of bummed to have to leave, but I'm, I'm bummed too because she was a very hard worker and I was, I was just about to, so also, and this is inspired by you, by you guys, but, um, I was working on starting to try to put together a interior only crew mm. that I was going to get started this summer and I was going to put her like on that and, and also just try and get more into like fine finishing because she had just super, super thorough and detailed and really hard worker. But yeah, unfortunately, her last day is this Thursday, but I got to confirm this on my email, but I believe I just hired someone with seven years of experience and he, he actually like really likes painting. Like he loves painting mm -hmm. and he's working for, uh, another company, he managing a crew of four people and they're doing new construction and he's just like. I'm tired of doing the same, the same thing every single day, like for months straight. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I've been putting out an ad on Indeed the past couple weeks, and he saw it and read it. And um, yeah, I he really seems like a solid person, so I, I feel really good about that hire. And so he's gonna be uh, coming on. Uh, I'm actually going to be taking our first family vacation in a couple of weeks. Woo! Like I've not taken a family vacation with like with my boys ever. Uh, and even since we married with my wife, like we've never taken a trip somewhere that's just for like the sake of enjoyment and not like seeing family in Iowa or Minnesota. So <laughs> um, where are you guys going? Hell yeah. Yeah. we're So we're going to uh florida for a couple days taking the boys to legoland nice because yeah, i don't know they we got them legos and they saw like an ad for it on like a little pamphlet and they've been like talking about it since so we're like okay they don't really know about disney world so i'm i'm good with like taking them to like legoland because they're it's it's gonna be cool. So we're gonna do that, and then you just got the Lego uh, executive marketing uh, director a, a giant raise. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I told you that pamphlet would work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and then we're yeah we're going to Hilton Head, South Carolina, and just gonna be by the beach. Nice man. Renting a Airbnb. My family from Minnesota and Oregon are gonna be coming in. So sweet. Much yeah, but he's he's gonna be starting after that trip, um, and yeah, and then in the meantime, looking at hiring realistically like two more people, um, 
at least one apprentice. And if I can find one other decent person with experience, I will, but otherwise it'll just be another apprentice. Um, but yeah, my, my big goal this summer, like this is the one thing I want to do is have, uh, two separate crews running and I want to make one interior only. And also I want to largely step out of production at that point and just focus on running the business back end and just having the freedom to do like what I want. Like if there's a day I want to train, um, someone on like fine finishing, uh, like a front door, like just having the freedom. I, I get to just focus on training this person for this day, or I can support them on this project. But yeah, otherwise I, I really want to, I really want to be out of production this summer and I having two, two crews going is like, that's going to be big for me. Um, so, and I'm yeah, listening to you, Luke, just wondering how, like how you're able to like, you're, you're running what 18 people and then you're also like painting and then I'm, I, I'm sure even these like, yeah, you have your estimates. They're, yeah, doing enough sales to keep eighteen people busy, and I'm like at three people, and I'm I'm feel like I'm close to breaking. <laughs> it well, it stepped up. So I so I look at life in general like these plateaus we hit, where eventually you climb up, then you you hit a stress level that you accepted, and now this is now your baseline, and it, it's still way higher than what it used to be, but it. I've just normalized that stress level. And so we just keep kind of climbing. And then I, I'm, I freak out for like four weeks and I'm like, okay, we can do this. And <laughs> I, I like, and then, the, the, you know, we hire a couple more people and it happens again. But I, I don't know. I, I just, I exist in a little bit of chaos. I've talked to Con or uh, Noah about this. Like, I, I just, I think I, I wouldn't, let me put it this way. There's days that I don't have anything to do. Uh, and I, I hate those days. I, I sit in front of my computer and I try to do stuff and I, I get, I honestly, I rush through getting all my estimates, my emails done. And then I just drive to a job site because I just, I don't like sitting still and I, I don't know, but yeah, I think I just embrace chaos more than the average human being that a little bit too much caffeine and, uh, uh yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess I agree because that, well, I mean, I've only gone up maybe like a couple plateaus, but I, let yeah. me put it, here's a, here's a good way I can put it. I have nine text messages and two emails from customers since we started the podcast. That no, those text messages are not all from customers, but that that's like the group work text and then two emails from customers. But wow. I, I like I like it though. That's the thing. That's what I mean. Like, and I don't. I don't think that's for everybody. And I think most people that listen to this would probably be like, "That there's something wrong with that guy," you know? Like, <laughs> I I don't know that it's necessary. I I don't think I'd recommend it to other people. And I have a guy. That, so I have a guy that worked for us for a while, a long time. Mike Mulvey. He's a Venetian plasterer, and he's great guy super hardworking. one of these people that never looks like he's working never looks like he's really like trying super hard but never stops working 
and just gets way more done than everybody else. Just super consistent. Yeah. So he just branched off and started his own thing doing Venetian plaster and he's, he's, he's starting to build, check him out, plaster Mike 81, I think on Instagram, but he's really starting to build his business. It's going, it's going, it's going. And he's, he, we talk a lot and he's asking me for advice and stuff. And he's from England. So he's not totally familiar with all the business end of things, insurances and all that stuff. But I just kept telling him, just say yes to everything. Just say yes to everything. Figure it out. You, you'll figure out how to do it. You'll figure out how to get it done. Mm-hmm. Just, just keep saying yes to everything. So the other day he just calls me. He's like, I don't know how you do it, mate. I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> so he hit that point where he's like, I got to stop saying yes to everything, you psychopath. This is not a good way to live. But I think that point's different for everybody. I think like stress and overwhelm has a, in general, will sharpen people. But there's that innate threshold that everyone has. And yeah, Luke, I think yours is just is higher than most for sure. Yeah. And I, it's also, I have great support around me too. So I can sit here and talk about, I'm great, but, or I'm, I inherently like more stressed than the next human being, but I have an absolute killer, the best painter in Dutchess County behind me and the most just one of the best guys you'll ever meet and my father my brother who cares just as much about this business as I do a couple guys that we've had from the beginning other family members to support me my wife is as badass as they come just like I have a giant cast of supporting people behind me that are all pulling in exactly the same direction as me so that that's really the background uh, I just am like the filter that all of that energy goes through but mm-hmm. there's a big you know I'm standing on a lot of shoulders mm-hmm. Connor how self-sufficient are all are your your people right now you're talking about getting out of production and like the the stress of three and this and that like how how independent are they at this point yeah they are <clears throat> they're independent on like simple simple projects um actually they are actually pretty independent or should be uh a couple of them i just get calls about like they'll ask me a question where yeah they'll ask me a question that if they spent like a little more time trying to figure it out themselves they wouldn't have to give me a call. So there's, there's that going on. And, and yeah. And also a lot of it too, I think comes just with that whole thing, like comes from like confusion that since we're taking on so many different projects with like different levels of finish, like we have our base package for interior exterior, and then we'll have, another job where we're like taking prep further. And so sometimes like they're just unsure <laughs> how far they're supposed to take it. And they're, everyone is also, I've hired is like geared towards like details yeah, and taking things further. So that's, yeah, that, that's also, I think some, yeah, something there. Um, and also part of it too is just figuring out if I, like set someone up on a project, how to like, I guess I need to work on communicating better with my team 
so they know like exactly what needs to happen and they know the level of quality they know key things to look for but yeah i mean a couple of them i always you know get a few calls a day um if i'm not there but you know besides that i mean they're they're pretty self-sufficient that's awesome they're just you know unsure of themselves or i think it's usually a reassurance thing right like they know the answer yeah. already but they want you to just like just say yes because then they just feel they're not wasting their time they feel and then they have your support yeah. if it goes wrong or something right it's a peace yeah. of mind call for them yeah 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 so like when you were doing that gloss door the other day or week like that looks like a one-man job like were they on something else while you were doing that? Yeah, they were. Although I had them. Yeah, actually, I, I, the only thing I did on that door was brushing the final two coats of Holnack Brilliant. And yes, I actually had two different people on that job. So oh, okay. yeah, one person did the first round of prep second person did second round and then and wrapped it up for essentially finished coat so can we nerd out on this door for a minute yeah let's do that <laughs> so sand what did you sand it with what'd you get it to and then filling uh yeah let me think about this for a second um well what level was it first let's be big picture what what was your scope on it yeah so and this is one thing I've been like playing around with is because I'm wanting to get more into fine finishing front doors are a s simple, I think opportunity. Um, so we have like our, our base package for like a front door, which is like scuff sand. If it needs anything that needs scraped is scraped, uh, spot prime bare wood. Uh, if there's anything that's, like caulking that has failed, remove that, put in new caulking. Um, and then after, after that, two coats of a, usually like aura grand entrance. Um, and that's, yeah, mainly for like, someone has like a fiberglass front door or wood front door that's in pretty good shape. And then we have up from up there, there's premium, which that was that blue front door we just did. And that essentially went through two rounds of sanding, priming and uh, skimming. So I think we've started that, started sanding with that at like 150 grit and really just spent a lot of time sanding down that first coat. And then we primed it. The oil primer or the eco? Yeah, we uh, we used uh, uh, the oil undercoat. We we did black, so it highlighted like everything, and did a good skim on that. Sanded prime. Would you skim it with? Uh, we used like the the Bondo red glazing putty, which uh, probably our next front door like that. We're gonna use something different, maybe. I mean, I've heard thing of good things about the Elmer's wood filler. I 
think that's just interior though. Yes, they interior. have an exterior one, but it's, it's coarse and it's gonna not. It's it's kind of porous. It flashes. Okay. It's very durable. It's almost like cementious. I think that's a word, but uh, not for like a not great for a fine finishing thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I like mainly like for that that front door. There's a lot of. I mean, it's it's an old front door, so there's a lot of. Uh, low spots on that door, I guess. Yeah. That, yeah, that that bondo glazing really just like I almost would want to like skim the entire door with like a I'll do a pass with like a wider putty knife or something. Um, but it, anyways, it, yeah, it it turned out nice. Um, although, um, yeah, I mean, with that door, we're not doing like the ex, like extensive dust control is like the hull knock oil just you get you could be you could paint that door inside in a room that looks clean just like it hull knock is a dust magnet so yeah that for that yeah that package didn't go through that ex, you know the ex, extreme surgical suite around it we didn't we kept the door in place and um but overall, like the client was really happy with it. Uh, a lot of people, like a lot of her neighbors, have like walked past it and love the door. I mean, the door looks looks amazing, and that's kind of yeah. Again, like our mid, we're calling it like our premium front door package. Like this is, it's it's getting a lot of attention, and for a historic door, you know, it's still. It looks nice. You, it's not a perfectly flat and smooth surface, but it has that brushed look. It's looks really nice. Um, what uh, what would you brush it with? Like what um, what paintbrush were you using? Uh, so we, and this is something I picked up from ZK Finishing School because I took their Fine Paints of Europe course. Um. But I yeah, I just used like a Wooster foam mini roller and then a nylon bristle like craft brush. Yeah. Just got off Amazon for like three dollars. Those mint craft brushes. Yeah, and that um, worked out really nice. And actually, it, it yeah, really happy with the results. Like with the front door. Yeah. If anything, the one thing I. I, I took away from that project is next time I just want to figure out a different initial filler for the front door and have you ever so I'm trying to think the the issue with the front door right is it's exposed to the elements so you need something that's durable but you want something that's gonna not absorb you know that's gonna sand nicely and have like a, a nice fine finish we've messed around with uh Total Boat is a they're a boating company. They're out of Jamestown, Rhode Island, I think, and they have different varnishes and stuff. But they also have this stuff called fairing compound, and it's this one-to-one epoxy, and it's got a certain amount of flexibility to it. Uh, it's associated with, I guess, they would use it to like fill cracks on boats, okay. and it doesn't dry very fast. So it's almost it's like a twenty-four hour fill and cure on it. 
but it sands really nice and we've had a lot of success with it sticking around in exterior situations because it, it has a little bit more flexibility than your bondo type fillers that kind of end up cracking out uh that might be something to check out it's called total fair if you look online uh, okay and it's cool because it's it's uh it's blue and yellow and you mix it together and it turns green right we all figured that out but <laughs> it, you remember uh did you guys ever watch that movie hook when we were growing up with robin williams like peter pan movie yeah oh, wow yeah so there's this scene in that movie where they're they're eating and they're eating it's all pretend right so they're it's not actually there but then like it kicks on and they see it and it's all like this goop and it's all like these different colors these bright colored goop things uh, that's what it always reminds me of. And for everybody who's listening, who's never watched Hook, I'm sorry, I just wasted 45 seconds of your time. But yeah, Rufio and the boys were eaten with uh, Peter Pan. It sounds but, like a fun product. Yeah, yeah, Total Fair is the yeah. product. It's, yeah. I think you'd really like it because it sands really nice as well. I think any like marine grade epoxy would be good. Um, yeah. I'm not. It's. I think I got it at Lowe's when I was redoing my canoe. Um, but it, it might be like the Bondo brand, but it's like the wood filler you use before the, the, the more superficial Bondo skims. And it's like a gel, it's a two part gel. And that stuff, I put it on my canoe in a lot of patches and like five years and a lot of trips later, that stuff hasn't flexed out, messed up, failed or anything. So really? if we can take the beading, the bottom of my boat it, and it sands like a dream too. Like it, it, that could easily skim out a front door. Was that, is the, you're, Boat, wood or metal? It's fiberglass. Okay. Yeah. Neither. Yeah. What, Connor, if you don't mind me, and if you don't want to talk about this, it's totally fine. But what was your price point on that door? Yeah, I mean, that was... It might have been like 2400 Okay. And you did you make good money on it, like, all told? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the... One thing I just got to take into account is just brushing oil enamel is just it's like slow, tedious work. I mean, it, yeah, you got to paint every single section and you're taking time with the brush strokes, but also, um, but yeah, yeah, we did make money on that. Um, that was, yeah, like I'm happy with that and hopefully going to get some more doors like that and yeah, that that's that is, I guess, like a, a package I could see pretty easily, like, not being too hard for me to sell something like that. Yeah, I agree. And, I think that's a good yeah. price point for a really cool, like, especially that color. But any any really cool gloss finish for a door, I I feel like that's something a higher end client would be willing to pay for sure. Yeah, and one thing I'd like to be able to do is take things you know, even further, like there's the premium that we have. I've crafted like a luxury package, which is going to get several, several rounds of filling, sanding, priming, kind of like what, what do you see from, you know, like ZK painting. And that's something I'm interested in, but also dust control would have to be definitely a factor yeah. like you, you have to you have to get that down um so yeah a lot of times those guys i mean they pull the door bring it back to the shop 
put in a yeah. replacement door in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like I like what you did with that one because it's ju- it just kind of shows like I don't think there are enough like Holland like front doors that get painted like a normal front door. Yeah. It's always like the pull it and then three weeks and eight thousand dollars later you get like but you you can do it in place and you can still get a good rate for it and the clients are happy and the neighbors think it's cool. And like, yeah, as craftspeople, maybe we're just looking at all the dust and brush marks and this and that, but like, that's a win. Yeah. We should look at that yeah. as a win. Yeah. 90, 99 out of a hundred people are walking by that door going, that is sweet. Yeah. You know, like, they're not worried about the couple valleys and the, like, no, they're, yeah. they're yeah. not worried about they, that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that was the th- yeah, thing with that door. Like I'm ha- the client is like very happy with it. She was like, texting me. Like my neighbors are saying like, this is the best door in Pittsburgh. And then I like walk up to it. I'm installing the hardware and I'm just You're picking it like, apart. I'm seeing, you know, like little dust speckles and that's just like, bothers me, but it's also like price point and yeah, just yeah, practically to try and make that a dust free environment around the door. Just. I don't know. Maybe that's something I'll need. I don't know if I'll need to explore, but yeah, like everyone that has looked at the door thought it looked amazing. And so, yeah, well, they're right. It does. And it is, it's one of those things like sometimes if you only offered that, yeah, I got to pull this. You're not going to be able to use your front door for uh, two weeks and it's 8,000 bucks or whatever, you know, because I think they are, most of the guys are somewhere around that between like five and eight. They would have said, get out of here. You know, yeah. they, they might've gone for it, but giving them the options like you have, you know, that gives somebody an opportunity to have a really cool front door that's yeah. re- going to last a long time, really well taken care of. Not perfect, but really cool. And that they wouldn't have gotten if you were just like, yeah, well, this is how I do it. This is the only thing I offer. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it, it. I think it's sweet. What would you do about closing it at night? Yeah. Oh, I I just made sure I went there like first thing in the morning, as long as okay. the temperature was right, yep. and I propped it open. And this home, yeah, the clients were also wrapping up a massive addition they put onto their home, and just I taped off the door and barricaded it from the inside, outside, wet paint. And I just told them to close it as late as they can, but at least by like six o'clock, you can maybe close it then. Yeah. Um, Did you remove the weather stripping? Uh, no, that, that didn't really have like weather stripping. Actually, it was, it was like copper. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Flashing around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's old school weather stripping before there yeah, was rubber yeah. and foam. Yeah. In my in my like playing around with uh, the oil primer, like I had to wait days for it to sand well, even indoors. Like, was that messing with you on this like early season exterior application? Hmm. I was talking to a lot of people about that too. How much did you thin it? Uh, me or no. oh, I was the, talking to you, no, but go ahead. Sorry, Connor. Okay. A dash, not a ton. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that didn't mess us up too much. So the first time we primed it, 
that sat over a weekend. And then the second time we got primed, I, I came that next day and I didn't have any issues sanding. It sanded very nicely, but also got some sun and breeze. And so it was definitely well cured. And yeah, the temperature was in the 70s, so it was no issues there. With okay, I mean, that's ideal. Yeah. Yeah. You've, you've had it much warmer than we have then this spring. Yeah, I was going to say you got that Pittsburgh heat this year. Come on now. Jeez, 70s. Man. I don't think we've scratched that. Yeah. Seriously. We've had a very cold It's been a spring. cold spring here, yeah. Yeah. Noah's wow. colder. Yeah, it, but. yeah. There's been a lot of nice days in Pittsburgh, like 60s, 70s. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm, I like this. But yeah, yeah. I Every painter likes a warm spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that primer, when we use that, we're at like a, at least 15% thinner, if not 20. It depends how on high, the, what, go ahead. I would, I just do it by feel. You pushed it. Like how, how much have you thinned it? Uh, there's, when I've done floors with it, like 30%. Wow. Yeah. That okay. stuff is, if it doesn't run on you, you're fine. At least that's been our experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Connor, I don't know what they were saying over at ZK and, and all. I know that he's big on viscosity cups and, and all that, which is intelligent because it's a measurable metric. But that it's my understanding that Fine Paints of Europe is able to skirt VOC laws by not putting the paint thinners and the thinners into the paint with the expectation that the painter is going to know how to use the paint and is going to have to thin it. So mm -hmm. it's missing components. And I think that's, at least that's my understanding. Connor, you probably speak a lot better to it having been to the ZK. No, guys. I think, yeah, I believe you're right on that. Yeah. That's yeah. a perspective I hadn't heard. And one that is actually counterintuitive to me because you'd think this product. Like is everything. It's almost like, yeah, you don't mess with something that's like this well-engineered, right? Like, I would, Honestly, I think exactly the opposite with that stuff. No, it, I, I believe you're right, actually, after using it and it's right out of the can form. And yeah. Having, having that wanting and really thinning is like the answer to every single problem I think I've had with it. Um, yeah, because it's, I mean, it's a dream to sand. It's funny because it sands... Once it's dry, it sands great, but we've done that same thing where it's too heavy and then you're you're like, oh, I didn't realize I was going to go through 47 Festool sheets of paper here on sanding a one wall. Yeah. Because it just blocks up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I realized wasn't thin enough and I was putting it on too thick to yeah. try to get it to level out a little better. So, hmm. yeah. I'm going to be experimenting with it on a lot of my trim that I'm going to be doing. In the next couple of weeks, I'm really excited. We do a lot of, uh, if we're doing a big color change on trim, we'll do, we use mostly Advance or ScuffX for finish coats, uh, but we'll do the Fine Paints Oil Primer as a base coat because you can tint it to exact colors and mm -hmm. it'll save you, you know, a lot of the times if you're doing paint in the butt, like light whites, they'll be for, you know, do Simply White, Simply White or Chantilly and you, you got a nightmare in your hands. So that, being able to tint the primer and we love the way it works uh, you know plus you have oil primer so any adhesion issues you're tackling right out of the gate 
Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times we'll spec for ourselves and we don't even really talk to the customer about it, but we'll just spec that FP oil primer and just, you know, account for having to use that for first coat. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And the top coats, nothing, every top coat lays out better over that primer than any other thing I've, I've worked with at all. Have either you guys touched the new Ben Moore, like I think they're marketing it as like a fast sanding primer? I don't know. Is it the light blue? They just changed all of their cans. I know. Like Fresh Start is a light blue now, I think. But no, it's called, I think it's called like Fast Dry or Fast Sand Primer. And I've seen a couple guys that follow on Instagram say really good things about it. So I'm I'm very curious about it. It's a uh, water-based, right? Yes. No, I have. I don't think I've used it. Let me just, I'm trying to pull it up here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I know, because... I have a lot of issues with Ben Moore right now with everything that's going on. <laughs> it's just hard to keep up. I went and then the other day I went in to go get Sure Seal. Like that's oh, discontinued. I'm like It is? Yeah. So they oh, replaced God. it with a different multi purpose primer. It's supposed to be similar. We I haven't used it yet, but I got a five of it. I just discovered Sure Seal. Come on. I know. <laughs> a couple months ago, I was like, this stuff is amazing. It sticks to a lot of stuff, or it used to. But uh, no, I haven't tried that. But at the Ben Moore rep, that fast dry primer, they were mm-hmm. uh, pushing it too. Okay. okay. Did you guys ever use the advanced primer? Didn't know it existed until you just no. said that. Yeah. That <laughs> sanded really well. Did it? That sanded like an oil primer. Okay. Yeah. I will back to the sure seal adhesion. I actually on this most recent job, because I, I think I was telling both of you guys about this. I walked into this job without realizing that the, the coats that were on there were all oil. So I was doing a lot of adhesion testing and just playing around with different primers on the walls, right? On the walls and the trim and fresh start bonds way better than sure seal. Oh, really? On marginally scuffed old oil trim. Boom. Sure Seal was not as good as Bulletproof as Acrylic Fresh Start. That's just the standard, normal, Benmore Fresh Start. Yeah. Yeah, standard Fresh Start. Um, yeah. But Sure Seal was better at kind of sealing up and evening out old porosity, old chalky porosity, than Generalist Fresh Start. So like that's that's what I found. So sure seal, uh, you know, hopefully like if it's not discontinued, that is my like my sheetrock lay it out, even it out stuff. Yeah. Like that's my ride or die for that. And fresh start's still great as a generalist, but do you guys? T- so it kind of brings me to think about like walking into a job expecting one thing and then getting something else. Do yeah. you? test trim and walls obviously on this one you didn't right to see what kind of paint it is but do you mm-hmm. like bring some denatured alcohol around with you and throw it on a rag and wipe stuff down to see if it's oil or latex this way you can kind of do i need to do an oil prime or i don't know because you can my jobs are pretty you can kind of tell by context if i'm if i'm in like 150 200 year old house and it's really shiny and there's a lot of surface tension like i kind of know what that is Yep. This is the first time I've been surprised. This, this was a really modern house and it just looked like crappy builder's flat. And it turned out it was just an old 
oil flat that was just really poorly put on, which just like, I was so surprised when I got into it, but no, like I don't get curveballs like that super often. So Connor, I feel like you being in the older, yeah, you, yeah. you run yeah. into some weird stuff. Do you test for it? I may, I need a test thoroughly. I mean, right now I've just been going by like look and feel, yep. but yeah, that's still not good enough. <laughs> so yeah, I, I need, I need to, I need to probably, yeah, after this, this one project we did at, at like an interior, like a entryway hallway. I might bring something like that around. Although that was already spec'd for like a prime coat because the trim was going, yeah, the trim there was like a tan and it was going simply white. So it was like, it needs three coats at least. Simply white so, is the bane of my So it, like that, that worked out, but yeah, I, there's still a lot of oil on trim and other surfaces and yeah, it, it was, yeah, it was interesting, but the, yeah, that, that trim looked like it was oil. And then as I was looking at it, it was not, but then underneath a few coats of paint at some point it made a transition from oil to a latex, latex paint, but it was not properly primed. So in some spots it was like failing. Yeah. Yeah. Failing. Like you, you could scrape it right off fingernails baby mm -hmm. it, it was but it was it was like more than like i don't know the fingernails like it it started to like flake and then i'd then you'd scrape it from there and a lot would come off but it, yeah there's at least a few layers of latex um yeah that's that's it's like how do you plan for the, that too you know or you test two spots like the adhesion, the old paint adhesion problem, because being in older houses, like we deal with it as well all the time, where you look around, everything looks cool. You scratch a couple spots, your fingernail, everything's sticking good, and then you go into the, you know, the vast majority of the trim in another spot, and it's just, just as soon as you hit it.
Painted podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.